0: Good morning, everyone. I'm Brent Kromer, and this is the FSA podcast where we teach online health coaches how to sell at a higher rate and scale their businesses with more profit. Now, today, the reason you guys want to stick around is I am joined by Christy Campbell, the owner of Fit Me Nutrition and Coaching and the co-founder of The Coaching Biz Manager. She's also a Navy veteran, a mom of three, and an author of two fitness certifications. Christy, you stay pretty busy, don't you?
1: I do stay busy. Yeah. And I have two crazy dogs, too. What kind of dogs? Uh, one is a Mastiff mutt that I rescued about two years ago. He just came into the frame on cue. Um, and the other is a burnadoodle. All
0: right. So yeah, you, you have a pretty packed schedule. Is that right?
1: I do. Yeah.
0: All right. Guys, what I want to do, um, and this is going to be something where we kind of shift the podcast at some point, but I want to start interviewing more fitness coaches like Christy here who's juggling about eight different things and she's still able to have a profitable and successful fitness business. So we're going to dive into that, what system she uses, how she's able to uh, balance all of these different things. And then we're going to talk about some of the common pitfalls. A lot of coaches will kind of endure or come across as they're scaling their business. And then more importantly, how to avoid that. That's the, the purpose of this podcast, right? To teach you guys how to avoid some of the mistakes that we made, right? Yeah, for sure. All right. So let's throw it way back then, Christy. When did you get started in online fitness coaching?
1: So I started online about five years ago, but I started in person um, 10 years ago. And so I started coaching like many others because a coach impacted your their life in some way. And that's how it was mm-hmm. for me. Um, I had 10 knee surgeries during my time in the Navy. 10? 10. I um, hear that with- right. Okay. Yeah, so I was a super athletic kid, um, and never really struggled with my weight. Went into the Navy. Um, had an ACL reconstruction that they botched, and so one wow. ACL reconstruction turned into four. So I've had four ACL reconstructions on my oh left my knee, God. and ten total knee surgeries. Um, and Insane. so you fast, yeah, you fast forward a couple of years. I'd had my two first two kids, um, all of those surgeries, and I found myself. 50 pounds, 40 to 50 pounds overweight. My baby weight was now my body weight had been like mm-hmm. two years, you know, it's, it's stuck. And all I knew was dieting. And mm-hmm. that's what I'd grown up with. And I wasn't able to do the sports and the things that I loved. Cause I thought that that was off the table for me. Um, and I just thought, well, this is what mom life is. This is what happens to you when you mm-hmm. grow up, you get overweight. And Normality, I thought that right? was like, my birthright, almost like I was born with a bad metabolism or something. And I got a mm-hmm. bad deal because of my knee. And I sort of was like, well, what can I do? So I just started doing diets, um, really, because mm-hmm. that's what I had learned growing up.
0: What and do you mean it, when you say diet, just, just just, so I understand?
1: Well, it's funny because in other categories of my life, I feel like I had a decent head on my shoulders, right? I'd come out of the Navy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was um, a mom. I had I, I kind of, an, I, I'd gone to school, I had a degree, all of those things. But like, when it came to nutrition and exercise, I was still totally willing to be like, yeah, let me buy Brazilian butt lift off of an infomercial <laughs> and um, yeah. these shakes. And that seems right, you know, and yeah. I was totally like, okay, well, let's try that. Or let's try slim fast. Mm-hmm. Or let's try weight watchers. It It was like, I thought, again, that there was something wrong with me that there was a, maybe a disconnect with my motivation or my discipline mm-hmm. or my metabolism. And so I was looking for fixes. And so I really was just one of those people that were willing to try those diets because I was, I didn't want to be overweight anymore. Sure. Um, you know, I bought an elliptical machine and put it in my room. Cause I was like, this is what you do, right? Cardio. <laughs> um, and, uh, it wasn't until so it was my ex-husband you know he, he was my husband at the time he went on deployment for a year and I met a coach so I my kids were little not even two not even four and mm-hmm. I met a coach at a gym I was forcing myself to go because I was like I'm gonna lose weight and I met this right. this coach and he invited me to his boot camp class in the park and um, he changed my life he literally just Taught me the basics oh. around nutrition. He taught me to work out hard. He didn't baby me because of my knee. He mm-hmm. gave me back the piece that was missing and he made me feel like me again. And so he changed my life. And so I was working in a nonprofit at the time and I was like, nope, this is what I'm going to do. So I got certified wow. as a trainer and I spent a number of years coaching in person as a trainer um, in the park. I would teach classes in the park and wow. I worked in CrossFit. I ran a CrossFit gym for a while and a weightlifting program. And then I transitioned online about five years ago. Um, into okay. the nutrition space. And so that what was when, that? what's that?
0: What prompted that transition?
1: Well, it was almost by necessity. So again, my ex was still active duty. I was out of the Navy at the time, but we had to move every couple of years. So mm-hmm. the first business that I built was actually here in Washington. It was this in-person boot camp class in the park. Um, Mm -hmm. And then we got transferred to Maryland. So I had to leave the whole business behind and start over. And so then when I got to Maryland, I actually started working for a gym. So I ended up running a gym as the head coach of a a large CrossFit gym. And so Mm -hmm. I worked for someone else for a couple of years, learned what that felt like, Um, also got more reps. And then again, we got transferred. So I had to leave that entire situation um, and move. We moved back out to Washington. And so it was around that time that I'd seen enough that I was like, people, I wanted to work with more people than just the ones I can see in person. And Mm -hmm. I'm also going to need something that travels better. (laughs) So I don't have to start over um, every couple of years. And so that's why I switched to online.
0: Yeah. Makes, makes perfect sense. So -hmm. five years ago, you were a little ahead of the curve, actually, like 2018, is that right?
1: Yep. 2018.
0: Okay. So making that transition, what did you find the most difficult from being so hands-on for, it sounds like a number of years and then going to the online space? Well,
1: getting one-on-one clients first as a nutrition coach came pretty straightforward because it was, for me, mm-hmm. I didn't overcomplicate it, to be honest. I feel really fortunate that I didn't grow up in the online space now because it was it's so much more confusing, I think, because you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I have to do this and this and this. At All I knew was like, get people results. <laughs> that was the name right, of the game. Right. Get clients, get them results, and then tell people about it and then show mm-hmm. up online so that people knew that I had a service to offer. That was my business strategy.
0: Not a bad one. I mean, if we, if we take the Armosi approach and just simplify it down to like its most basic form, I mean, that's, that's fitness coaching, right?
1: That's what it was. Get people really
0: good results and show people that you have a thing that you, you know, that you offer.
1: That's all I did. And, and so that translated really well at first, because that's, it was Mm -hmm. something that I knew. What was hard was I was like, okay, well now I want to touch more people. So I built a a program and wanted Mm. to sell it. And so then I was like stepping into this space of, okay, well now I need to like have it be on a website and I need to be Mm -hmm. able to sell something. That's not just like a a service exchange of coaching. And I, I should need to tell people about it, like what the benefits Mm -hmm. are of buying this program. And the first one I launched, nobody bought. Um, Mm. literally no one. I worked on it for months and months and I was like, this is going to be amazing. And what happened was everybody around me was like, yay, you, like you did it, but nobody bought Mm. it. You know, they were like,
0: let's let's dissect that. Why do you feel like things didn't pan out for that launch? Like what, what do you feel like could have gone better? Or where do you feel like you missed the mark? Well, the,
1: the, the nice thing is, is it, it really was what you're supposed to do the first time, which is just do it. Just put it out there, right? Like, If you're afraid that no one's going to buy it and that's the worst thing that happens, that's the worst thing that happens. Like, Easy, But right. it, it got built. But what I did is I built education rather mm-hmm. than an outcome. So I was yeah. like, oh, if I can teach people all of these things, that's what they'll want. But that's not what they want. And I didn't know it at the time. What they wanted was an outcome. So mm, I didn't know was- how to talk about that. Uh, mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to market that. And so that's why people were excited for me because they were like, oh, you did your first launch. Like, congratulations. Like, you're so amazing. But they we weren't thinking lie. about it <laughs> in their mind. They weren't like, oh, I need to buy that. Sure. Um, and so I reworked it. I took the same content and just reworked it into an outcome and turned it into a program and launched it again a few months later and nice. did get people into it, you know, 20 to 30 people, which was a lot, nice. you know, for me then. and. A-
0: a free challenge or this was like a beta launch like join my program for for x amount.
1: Yeah, it was like my first step into a group program. So this was like an 8-week group coaching program. I, I think I sold it for like 250 bucks or something like that. And mm-hmm. it was a very hands-on. It wasn't a do it yourself, but it was a group model. Sure. And and that was my attempt at like well how can I touch more people, right? than just mm-hmm. like one-on-one. I had reached capacity. Sure. Uh, but that's where I started to learn these like bigger lessons around, you know, one is you have to be able to explain things in a way that people understand the outcome for them. It's about them. It's not about you. Um, I, you know, a quote wasted my first like three or $4,000 on a marketing package that I probably didn't need. You know, it was basically somebody putting this on like some templates for me and charging me $4,000 for it. Um, and I, again, that was a lot as a, you know, a baby coach, that was a big investment. And I also learned my first lessons around hustle mm. because, so that, that launch that I told you about when I reworked it, I had a goal and I think I had a goal of 30, right? To be mm. in the program. And it was, the program was supposed to start Monday. It was Friday. And I think it was at 19. And I was like, cool, I got, I got 19. Like that's way better than zero, you know? And I, and I remember talking to my business coach at the time. He's a friend and has been a friend for a long time. He was my nutrition coach, became my business coach. And I was like, he's like, how's, how's the promo going? How's the launch? I was like, well, I got 19. That's great. And he was Mm -hmm. like, well, what was your goal? And I was like 30. And he's like, well, when does it close? And, and, and I was like, ah, Sunday night. He's like, what are you talking to me for? (laughs) He's
0: like, I like that mentality
1: go find your other 11 people. And I was like, and it just didn't even dawn on me, you know, at that, that was such a good lesson. And so here's what I did. And I've, and I've told people this before. I said, okay, I'm going to take 11 and I'm going to multiply it by 10, right? Or even 20. So I made a list, I think of a hundred, 200 people that mm-hmm. I knew that I was somehow connected to reached out to in the past. Some something right mm-hmm. might want this. And I started DMing them individually and they nice. were, it was all like, Hey, Hey Jenna, I know it's been a minute. I thought of you. I made this new program. I remember yep. when you said this, I thought it might be right up your alley. And I, and I DM. Person. Yes. Personalized for each person. So Beautiful. I sent out, Beautiful. I sent out these messages and the, I sent out probably 60 on Friday night and mm-hmm. I, I woke up Saturday morning feeling like death, like not sick, mm-hmm. but I was like, nobody likes me. I'm salesy. Mm-hmm. Nobody's gonna, I had that like dump of like, yeah. okay, I'm going to do the thing. I'm going like to hustle
0: Drought, yes. yeah,
1: and then drought. And then I was like, okay, nobody likes me. They're all going to think I'm so salesy and nobody's going to buy this. And then I don't, I really don't know why I kept going, but I just kept going. Yeah. And so then I just messaged all of those people. And of course, I hit my eleven right because mm-hmm. people take a minute to respond back. They do, and I kind of had this sort of like, well, if I was hit ten, maybe one will take it, and that was like yeah. the game plan. That was all I knew. <laughs> yeah, and so that's what I did, and it was such a good lesson because I also got to ride the emotional wave of that exactly. feeling of like launching, not getting into like the wave of every. Thank you so much for this amazing thing. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get that feedback hit probably um, mm-hmm. unless you're a superstar and you've done this a bunch of times and. You're exactly. gonna have the dump and then you're just gonna keep hustling and then the people who it's for are gonna come around and they're mm-hmm. gonna sign up if you do the work. If you just if I had just sent out another blast email Saturday morning, I probably would have got like one or two more people, exactly. not eleven.
0: So much so much to take away from there. One, the personalized outreach. I think that's huge. Um we we do it as C4F. We teach our, our our students to do it as well. It's like you're going to get, I mean you not suggesting that you shouldn't reach out to more people, right? But like of that 200, you would have had to reach out to a thousand to probably get the same response if it was a templated email, right? Mm -hmm. But you were able to bring in, you know, 10 people out of a hundred because it was so specific. Hey, just launched this thing, thought of you based on XYZ contacts that I had previously. Like people are going to respond to that a lot more often than they are with just like a general branded email that looks totally formatted, right? Mm -hmm. So that's one big takeaway too is, the emotional roller coaster that a lot of coaches feel in sales. We've first off, um, I, I, if we had an audience here, I would say raise your hand if you've had a failed launch. I'd raise both my hands. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. we've we, we've we've had some uh, some eggs that we've laid as as far as launches go. I'm, obviously, you mentioned you have. I'm sure everybody has, right? But just like fitness and everything else, if you just chalk it up as nobody likes me, nobody wants my service, I suck that, I mean, it ends right there and you end on a bad note and then you go off and you pick up something else. You know, you try it out, you set it down when it doesn't work and then so on and so forth. Right. Yeah. That's a cycle that you don't want to be in.
1: And, and now the, the emotional up and down is still there, by the way. I think like, I think sometimes coaches think, okay, well, once you see that once it doesn't happen again. Absolutely not. Like there's there is a grind mode of launching where you have to get hyped up for it. All right, I'm going to be on sales calls or I'm going to be doing outreach. I'm Mm going to be in this mode for a couple of days or even a week, you know, where you're going into the groove. The first couple always feel weird. It's like you've got to rip the Mm -hmm. bandaid off a little bit and then you're going to have an, a dump. You, you absolutely yep. will have like some sort of adrenaline dump in that process. And it might not be till after it's over. You might be done and be like, why did I do this? Like yep. business is terrible, <laughs> you know?
0: And I think just going into it with the expectation, like that's what I try to, I expect that there's going to be problems. Okay. And that's, that's uh, my good friend. He's like a serial entrepreneur. He buys all of our real estate. He manages like our our whole portfolio with that. But like he, he said something, (laughs) you notice how stressed I was. This is a couple of years ago. He's like, dude, just expect that shit is going to go wrong. Just Mm -hmm. go into everything with the mentality that I'm going to have, I'm going to break it and then I'm going to fix it. And ever since then I've just kind of kept that mentality. And like you said, it's not like a cycle that just ends. You don't just do one launch or offer one service or take one and make one sales pitch or put out one marketing post and, and you learn from it and then crush it from there. Okay. You're going to fail literally so much more often than you succeed in a business. Mm-hmm. Right. I know. Yeah. It's, it, it's a bitch. I, I know. Okay. But it's like having that mentality, like, Hey, I'm going to break shit and then I'm going to fix it. And having that expectation, I think those dumps don't go quite as, quite as far down.
1: Yeah, I think one thing that's hard for for online coaching business owners is to we we are so much like our clients that we don't even realize it. Like, it's obvious for us, if you've been exercising for a while, if you've been doing nutrition for a while to know that you're going to have a shitty workout day, like Mm -hmm. you're not going to stop going to the gym because of that. Or maybe Mm -hmm. like, again, if you're in sort of a more performance sport, a day that you just can't lift, which you're Mm -hmm. accustomed to. And you know how to ride that out and -hmm. you're going to keep showing up because if you know how this works, you know, if you keep showing up and you follow the program, you're going to get better and so on. you are going to see the gains that you're looking for. Same Again, if you have a good head on your shoulders around nutrition, you're going to have a bad day and you're going to keep going. But when it comes to business, it's like we forget that rule. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so we're like, well, nobody wanted it. So I guess yep. I'm done. Or like, <laughs> this isn't working for me. Like, so I guess I should start over. And I'm like, you're literally diet hopping right now. You mm-hmm. you see what you're doing, right? Like you're looking yep. for the quick fix, and it didn't work. And so you're hopping to the next thing into the next thing into the next thing. And you're not
0: That's why I like what you did. You went back to it. You didn't go and say, uh, you know, F that routine, F that coach, F that marketing, like, you didn't just scrap it all. You said, well, hold on, I felt like I was close, right? Let's go back, let's repurpose some things, let's let's take a different angle. You said you were more results focused the next time as opposed to like it's all me me me, like I'm launching, look at me and everybody's cheering you on, but it sounds like maybe you shifted more towards what did they want, right?
1: Yeah, and I think at first it was it it, it was the right I I knew the material that I wanted to teach. And again, mm-hmm. this is where I think coaches have the right idea, is like, well, here's Mm -hmm. a great resource library. Well, guess what? The internet's a great resource library. (laughs) GPT is a great resource library. You may have your own flavor of a great resource library, but it's really the application of that that is the value. And Mm -hmm. so that's the the change that I made. The material was the same. It's just then I sold not the material, but the application of it. There it is. And and that's why it was different. And honestly, I'm still iterating on that in some way now. The program mm-hmm. that I'm launching in January is an iteration of that original one. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's good that you just keep going back, though. And it, it's like me with our course, right? Like we do so much with like the one-to-one coaching, but the course... I built it. It was like a set it and forget it thing for like the first Mm -hmm. several months. And I was like, well, wait a minute. And I started picking back through and I was like, cobweb, cobweb, outdated, spelling error. What was I doing there? And Mm -hmm. I just rebuilt the entire thing. And like, that's, that's your business, right? Yeah. Your business is you know, the application or the, the service that you're providing, if you're not constantly going back and just combing through and making sure that everything's a little bit better every, I mean, I would do this on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. I would go through whether it's your DMing, your sales process, your coaching, your onboarding, your orientation, your, your, uh, your loom check-in feedback. If there's anything that you're doing on a consistent basis, there's a good chance that you can also make it better. So it's like once a month, you should really just comb through and just focus on one aspect that you can improve would you agree? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that's a great way to do it. It's less overwhelming. It's way less it sexy than, yeah. Oh, I'm going to overhaul everything. Um, yeah. but that's a much more sustainable and uh results oriented approach because mm-hmm. again, yeah, it, it doesn't work unless you're already putting it out there and doing it consistently. Right. Exactly. So it's like, if you are, then if you do make an improvement every month, it is going
0: to add up. Right. Um, and it feels good. Mm-hmm. It feels so good to, I don't know. I I like cleaning the house, right? It's like cleaning mm-hmm. your house. It's like you you finish and you're like, "All right. Like I didn't mm-hmm. realize how dirty everything was." So you empty the, you know, the the vacuum and you're like, "Damn, that felt good." Right? Yeah. Maybe I'm a weirdo. but No, uh, you're
1: not weird. And and honestly, I like even micro apply it because my house is always a mess with my three kids and my two dogs. Sure. Uh and sometimes I walk around and I'll pick up one shoe and I'll be like, mm-hmm. "Well, 1% better than it was." Yeah, there,
0: <laughs> there it is. That's the mentality. <laughs> yeah. I dig that a lot. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, back to like the, the cycle, I think a lot of people really struggle because it happens in coaching too, where, you know, if you only focus on one thing, that's all you really see. It's like the red car theory. You buy a red car. Mm-hmm. All, you, all you see is red cars. Like these things come in waves where you're going to feel like as a business owner, and then correct me if I'm wrong, maybe you've never felt this way, right? But you'll go through spurts where clients are crushing it. And then you'll go through spurts where like a few clients cancel. Maybe you got a bad review and a chargeback. You're like, what the hell? It's the same exact program that Sally, Lucy, and Rob absolutely loved. And now I've got these three people that are, you know, that are, are hating it. It's like, you're going to deal with like that same cycle of emotions over and over and over. And I think the most important thing that you can do as a business owner is just to look at it from, from like an outside lens. Not from like the emotional perspective, but from like just an observer. Take like the observation standpoint. It's like, what don't they like? Is there an actual problem there? And if there is, how can I actually improve that? How can I get their feedback? Mm -hmm. Right. And I think a lot of people just look at it through like more of an emotional lens. They're like, nobody likes me. My program stinks. Nobody wants to buy from me. And it's it's not really the case. And if it is a case, it's still going to be improved if you take that objective uh Mm -hmm. you know, standpoint and just kind of observe what you can fix
1: yeah and even that i definitely think that that's a real emotional um experience and again to just to relate it to our clients it's very similar to when they're looking at progress on the scale or progress in terms of like what they're trying to create if they're trying to get strength goals if you're looking at it on a day to day it can be really even triggering like, Oh, I did it. I'm crushing mm-hmm. it, you know? And then the other, you're up three pounds you're like, what the hell? Like it's yeah. the same program. I'm doing everything right. Mm-hmm. And you can't read too much into the day to day, but what you should look at is the trend. Exactly. And so you might have one client who just bails and they're like, you guys suck. You're the worst. And you're like, am I the worst? And you're yeah. like, no. <laughs> Overall things are not trending in that direction. But yeah. if you start to see repeat things, then you really need to pay attention Absolutely. and ask for the feedback. And, and it's okay to ask for the feedback even in the one-offs because there's probably something to learn there even mm-hmm. from someone who is determined to fail or determined to hate you right like mm-hmm. if you could still learn something from that maybe it's just being able to flag those people sooner not take them as a client right like just you you can yep. start to learn that but uh if you start to see a trend then that's when you do need to figure out what needs to change here
0: absolutely Absolutely. And you mentioned they're getting feedback, even from someone who you might not want to ask for feedback. Mm-hmm. We just had this uh, conversation with a client. Um, she had a client join two weeks in. She said, this is not what I wanted. This is not what I thought. I hate it. I don't like my assistant coach. Get me out of here. Uh, by the way, I don't want to pay the cancellation fee. So my client came to me and she's like, well, what the hell do I do? Like, this is crazy. She's like, do I just let her out of the cancellation policy or do I try to like hold that? And I'm like, well, hold on. We're talking about the wrong thing here. Why is she two weeks into the program and having all these issues? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not suggesting that your program's not good because she's coached hundreds and hundreds. Like she's got a a beautiful, healthy business. And yes, this is a one-off thing, but it's like, well, let's take it that serious. Why after two weeks did she determine that this was 100% not the program for her? And she's like, well, I don't really know. I just know that she wants to cancel. So I was just determining like what the best way to go about it was. And I was like, well, here's, here's what I would do, Right. Get on a call and just ask how you can be better. And I know that sucks. It it hurts to do it as a business owner, especially if you've got a little bit of an ego. And I'm I'm speaking for myself here, right? Mm-hmm. I I sometimes have a little bit of an ego. So if someone's like your program sucks, for me to get on a call with someone and say, "Hey, I I I, I can appreciate uh, the feedback, but I want I want to understand a little bit more because if you feel this, and someone else might, and whether we continue working together or not, I want to make sure." That if it's something that I can correct, that I correct it. Is that fair? And usually you can just see it visibly just Mm -hmm. disarm them. Yeah.
1: I mean, then they're being seen and heard. And a lot of times people are just not accustomed to that at all in their life. And Mm -hmm. so if anybody goes out of their way to listen to them, even if, again, it might not end up being a good relationship, a business, you know, it might not be a good service exchange for that person, but you've at least made a different impression.
0: You're probably not. Most people, if you can keep your cool, if you can ask good questions, right? Keep your composure. Most people are not going to still go on to Google and give you a terrible review, give you a one-star review. You know, Christy was the worst. She was this. She was that she listened to all my concerns. She wrote them all down. She's the worst. I hate her. Like no one's going to do that. Mm-hmm. So even if you don't save the sale, which ironically, most times you do, right? Usually mm-hmm. it's a few simple tweaks, but even if you don't, you at least saved a bad review. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, Yeah, I think a lot of people are are reluctant to do that. But the feedback is everything, good or bad feedback is good, in my opinion. Yeah,
1: Yeah, and I think building it into each stage of your your client journey, potentially. So, you know, if you're writing emails and nobody ever replies... (laughs) That's feedback if you're asking for replies and kind of looking at that again, detaching yourself from the emotions of it and saying, okay, well, what about these are not Mm -hmm. like inspiring a response and maybe it's subject lines and nobody's opening it. Maybe it's your content and they're not getting the story or maybe it's like the call to action and they're not knowing what to do and so you're getting feedback in that exchange or you're writing this was this helpful like is there something else you would like to see you're asking for feedback Mm -hmm. before they've ever even become a client yep um and then you can you can build that in even when someone has become a client so i used to wait tables and bartended for a while Mm -hmm. um you know back in the day and i remember the I liked doing it. Ironically Mm -hmm. enough, I know a lot of people hate it. I liked it, and but there was these this key time window where you put the food down on the people's uh, table, and then you walk away, and you need Mm -hmm. to come back fairly quickly and before they even get dive into their meal and say, "Is there anything else you need, everybody?" Mm -hmm. Good, because they don't know what they need when they just get the food there. It takes them a second to like look around and be like, "Oh crap, I need ketchup," or like where's the other thing and if they don't have it they're pissed. Right. Like there's this window where like they want to <laughs> enjoy this meal and you don't come back they're it's right in front of them and they can't take advantage of it. And so mm-hmm. you have to return and ask is there something else you need? And point. that can be applied into a coaching business where in the first 2 weeks, 3 weeks, 4 weeks, 6 weeks before it's gotten to a place where it doesn't feel good, you come back and you're like is everything going the way you anticipated? Does this, you know, Mm -hmm. is there something else that we can do to help support you? Have you been able to access the resources? Did you download the app? Just a little touch. And they might be like, no, I'm good. Right. A Mm -hmm. lot of times at the table, they were good. I don't need anything else. I'm good. They just want you to leave them alone and let them do the thing. But you, you do have that opportunity to ask for feedback before it's messed up.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Before like it really like sets in and and, then yeah. Yeah. I I like that. I like that reference a lot. One more thing I'm getting feedback to, uh, you know, not to make this like the entire theme of the episode, but I think it is crucial um, because it's helped me like so much in my business and I know it helps others and theirs. We had a client that was, that had low show rates. Um, and we just, I mean, we've done, we've done everything. Like we fixed the nurturing process. We found some issues there. We fixed it and it popped up. It didn't go up super far. Then we we noticed that it was like a messaging thing. Then we noticed it was a timing thing that they were getting too many things at once with other promos and then like the reminders. And we just kept fixing things and we got it better, but it still wasn't good. Finally, the the last step, I was like, just message every single person that doesn't show up, that doesn't respond or reschedule, every person that just completely ghosts you, message every single one and send them this message. And basically we crafted it. The the essence of it is, hey, um, you know, as a small business owner, I'm just looking for feedback. Um, I noticed that you didn't make it to the call today. Um, I didn't see a reason why. So I'm assuming that you didn't feel like it was a good fit, which is totally fine. But given that this is my livelihood and how I take care of my family, I just want some feedback so I can be better for the next person and not potentially rub them the wrong way. Right. Was there any reason uh, that, that, you know, you specifically chose not to, to hop on this call? And it was, you know, that um, paraphrased, right? Mm-hmm. Overwhelming response. Tons. Immediately. People messaging back to rebook in Like, em- like within seconds. Uh did not responded to anything within seconds. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. My kid went to, you know, the urgent care. Uh, I had to do this. I had to do that. All the excuses came out, which is fine. But like, also there was some feedback too. Hey, it was a lot of messaging. I thought it was kind of automated like this and that. Uh And like, we just, again, we can tweak that. But taking the approach of like, hey, help me help the next person, whether it's you or not. Like, I'm I'm sorry, maybe it didn't work out, but I want to help the next. Uh And that mentality is, is, I don't know. People just resonate with it a lot more.
1: And it's not, um, accusatory. It's not nope. like <laughs> nope. it's, it, it gives people a safe space to be like, well, you're right. I probably should have shown up. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, and also this is why I didn't. Exactly. And you actually get some information out of that. Um, yep. yeah, I really like that. I think that there should be follow-up And I'm guilty of maybe not following up with some of my no-shows because I'm annoyed with them not showing
0: up. And it's hard not to be because it's like, how do you not respect my time? Like you take it as like a personal slight or instead if like you can just, again, that objective, not to say that you should not have any emotions. You're a human. Of course you're going to. But like in business, it really is just business. Mm -hmm. It is. The shit just happens.
1: Yeah. I mean like think about in in people are people and ultimately – they sh- We should all ultimately think about the human behind things, but we don't. We move through mm-hmm. the world and we're like, that's a business, that's a this, that's a that. Mm-hmm. And we're not thinking about it as people most of the time until all of a sudden you have that humanizing moment mm-hmm. where someone's like, wait a minute, I'm a person. Like, why didn't you come?
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just like, it's a pattern interrupt.
1: Mm-hmm. And it I is.
0: They look at you through a different light. And especially don't, for those of you who are listening, don't abuse this, but like anything that says as a small business owner, oh, my gosh. I mean, people use that all the time, do they not? Mm-hmm. Like, people yeah. use the small business owner as, like, a a marketing tool. They use it for politics if you're running for, like, local office in a small town. You know, I'm a small business owner. Help helped a small business. You know, people have a certain soft spot for that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when you can, when you can use that and don't abuse it. Okay. Let me preface for the fifth time. Don't abuse it. Uh, but if you can use that for feedback, people are generally going to respond in a better, uh, tone.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. And again, it just allows you to make that like iteration. Well, Hey, maybe seven text message reminders was too many. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Let me, let me make, to and see if that goes better or change something about this email sequence or maybe a qualifying question needs to be tweaked or something you know you can yeah. iterate make it better
0: and maybe it was a one-off maybe mm-hmm. you caught someone on a bad day like we we sent a pitch out to all i i think i i don't know if i told you this the other day when we first started chatting but we told someone to have a good day and he responded with a voice message he's like hey never in my life Will I buy from you? Will I associate with you? <laughs> There's nothing you could do to ever get me to buy from you. And I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, it's like things like that. You just have to like, yeah. if it's a one-off thing, it's like, okay, it's probably not the message. The message has worked really well. I told him right. to have a good week and he lost his mind. Uh, he's probably dealing with some things beyond our capabilities. That's perfect. Yeah. I'd rather him rule himself out right. uh, than to deal with uh, that in a different capacity. So don't, some things you just got to laugh off, but don't take every ounce of feedback is like, all right, scrap that whole message. It's done. That guy hated it. Like, I get mm-hmm. Like Christy said, identify trends and then uh, make decisions from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's great advice. Yeah. Fun, fun stuff of owning a business. So mm-hmm. <laughs> getting yeah. screamed at by by random people. Mm-hmm. You just but,
1: never know. They might have a bad day,
0: you know? And if you can laugh it off, it's going to, again, it's going to help your longevity as a business owner. Because if you take every single, I don't want to say insult, but everything like that to heart it's a short-lived career. I think the shelf life on, on business coaches is, or even just coaches in general, like the online space is fairly short because those things can stack up over time. So just managing the expectations in real time, I think is important.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. Christy, so you, you told us how you got started in the online space. We went on a whole bunch of different mm-hmm. routes, which I think uh, we provided a ton of good value here, in my opinion. Where do you see the industry going?
1: I think... Because money is tight for a lot of people. It's just reality um, with the economy. People are going to be more um, particular about spending money on coaching. And Mm -hmm. in a way, I feel like that's actually a good thing. I feel like it's time as as an industry for us to level up together, Mm -hmm. both in the quality of the service that we're providing, in the messages that we're putting out, the marketing messages that we're putting out. Mm-hmm. I think we can also level up as professionals mm-hmm. in ev- in every way. And again, I think that's important because when everybody floods into the space, so in 2020, it's like, oh my God, we can't do it in person. Like I've always wanted to be an online coach. Now's the time. I can be an Mm -hmm. online coach. Barrier to entry super low. People have the money to spend. Mm -hmm. So then they're like, let me hire you for $2,000, $3,000, $4,000 for whatever. And you're like, I can do it. Or you see other people doing it. And so you think that. But we're not heavily focused on delivering outcomes. Mm -hmm. We're not heavily focused on improving the client experience. We're just how fast can I grow? Or Mm -hmm. even just like... um brand growth or, you know, financial growth, it's a, it's time to return to doing what most of us got into this space to do, which Mm -hmm. is to help people change their life through the vehicle of nutrition and fitness and translating that from an in-person space where it's fairly obvious to an online space should be like an entrepreneur's dream because we get to be Mm -hmm. creative. We get to touch people who live thousands of miles away, Mm -hmm. but we ultimately still need to deliver Results, and what I'm thinking is going to change in the industry as people become more specific around how they're spending their money because there's less money to spend. Is that the people who are getting results will stay, and the people who aren't, or the people who aren't focused on improving? Because we all start at the beginning where we're learning. But -hmm. if you're not focused on getting better, then I don't, I don't know that you'll be able to compete.
0: No, you won't. And,
1: And and that's a good thing. And it and is. again, ultimately what it does is it has us all level up together where we should, the people who are in this, there's plenty of people to help. There's plenty of people willing to spend money. There's mm-hmm. no shortage of that in this, even in the crap economy. There's still plenty for people everyone. Um, however, people are not dumb. And I also think that we need to level up our messaging. Like people, generally people are not um, sort of... <laughs> I hate to say it because I remember that place where I was, right? And I was like willing to buy the slim fast, right? Like, mm-hmm. could you have sold me $1,000 of slim fast if you had promised me 30 pounds of weight loss? Yeah, probably, mm-hmm. right? But on the other hand, like what actually changed my life was someone not doing that. Mm-hmm. Someone who didn't baby me yeah. about my knee. Someone who did talk to me like an adult and say like I need you to show up for yourself. I need you to come to this workout and do it and not, you know, and not quit after these reps. We need to finish them. I need you to not eat out so much and it was that that actually changed my life. Mm-hmm. And so although we do need to have catchy marketing hooks and in you know content that's compelling, mm-hmm. we should be the ones who are are moving away from the BS and Mm -hmm. taking people to what they actually need. And I feel like, again, that's something that we can level up in the space
0: and do better of of, of something that's on your mind in terms of like BS that you'd like to replace with, with something more quality.
1: Well, for example, people, it's very catchy right now to talk about mindset stuff. Everybody (laughs) wants to talk about mindset. Like if you know, this is the 17 different ways you can improve your mindset. Guess what? people know their mindset sucks. They know yeah. they're supposed to go to the gym. They know they're supposed to eat better. They're just not doing it. Mm-hmm. And so that's not a solution. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that I mean. So it's kind of just like a cop out to be, and I've been do I've done it too. So I'm not accusing anyone of anything. I'm saying we have to actually provide solutions even in mm-hmm. our marketing. And I don't know that we're doing it. Instead, we're just kind of like illuminating the situation they already know that they're in.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so that's that's kind of what I mean.
0: I, I I have a better idea of, of what you mean now. And like our push-pull process, like I talk about this all the time because this is how we – so you, you said basically that your coach didn't allow you to just accept the way things are, right? Mm-hmm. But there has to be like somewhat of an intrinsic motivation as well. It couldn't have been all him because he can scream in your face and he can do all the things. But if it's not intrinsic in some capacity, you're going to be like, ah, fuck this guy. Right. I'm not coming back. tomorrow. I'll finish today, but I ain't coming back tomorrow. You know what I mean? Right. That's where like our, our push pull process, like when we're selling, you know, the the service, we like to push people away, not push them towards a decision, right. Towards our service, but like towards making a decision. That's it. Making a decision, whether it's with us, with anyone else, don't care. A decision should be made, and some people make a decision to stay exactly where they are that's okay, so long as you are consciously making that decision, and you're mm-hmm. informed in that decision right yeah, most times though, when you can push people with these subtle little pushes right creating that space, it makes people want to fight to stay on the call. It makes people want to fight to actually like stand up for themselves, stand up for something that they actually want, and that's what gets them to take that step right. Mm-hmm where I see a lot of fitness coaches go wrong and I thought you might have been alluding to this a moment ago. Maybe maybe you weren't, but it's like everybody wants their their process to be the easiest. Right? Busy moms lose weight without ever working out or counting a macro in exactly. your life. People are
1: not stupid.
0: They know that that's yeah. not real
1: and so we're pandering to them also and promising something that's not going to have them proactively
0: take ownership over their life. Yes. So while some of it is is fine, right? Like some of it I get. Like, hey, lose weight without giving up, you know, weekends with the girls. Okay, I get that. That's 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 from a macro standpoint, that's fair within reason. But I think a lot of people on their sales calls and in their sales process and marketing, they're not they're not letting people know. They're not being transparent that there is work that has to be done. Yeah. Right. They think they're going to come in and like once they buy it, they're like, oh, where's where. Where's my weight loss? Like, Well, dude, you haven't checked in for three weeks.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, and again, that is the art of coaching. Mm -hmm. And we all have to level up as coaches. Not only do we have to help people by knowing, okay, here's the plan to lose weight or here's the plan to build muscle or whatever. But Mm -hmm. the art of coaching is also that push pull of Mm -hmm. here's this, I'm going to give you a little bit of a nudge. And then Mm -hmm. now what's your turn?
0: Yes, exactly.
1: And then let's go again. You're a little bit stuck. Here's your nudge. Okay. Now you do it because that's how someone changes their life because they build confidence and momentum in themselves.
0: And they take those small actions. You encourage them. All right, a little bit more. Uh, Let's kick it back to uh, this weekend. Brooke and I went skiing. Brooke has been skiing. This is her second year. Okay. Mm -hmm. She did a lot better than I did uh, my first (laughs) year. We'll, we'll, We'll preface with that. But Like her thing was like, she goes down the blues, but she goes down the blues the exact same way as the greens, very slow, big S's, nice and chill. And so it's like pushing a little bit. It's like, dude, you crushed that run. Let's see it a little bit faster now. Now plant a little bit harder, cut a little bit. You know what I mean? And so it's like just building and building and building. And it's like that, those little micro wins, you know, when they stack up, like people actually want to do more. Mm -hmm. And so fitness is no different, but if, if we're not being transparent Like, you're not going to have to do anything. It's going to be so easy. You can keep all your same shitty habits, and we're going to teach you how to lose weight with my blank method. Mm -hmm. mm, Unlikely.
1: Yeah, that's taking the messages of the stuff. And and that's exactly what I meant. It's like the Slim Fast promise Mm -hmm. and slapping it, like slapping that sticker on a real program and pretending that that's going to work. Like, you're Mm -hmm. selling them the quick fix, but you really want them to do the work. And then you wonder why they're not doing the work.
0: Yeah, we've done that. I mean, we've, we've seen it as business coaching, like in, in mm-hmm. business coaching. Now, it it hasn't been often, right? Because we have so many um, moments throughout the sales process where we're like, hey, by the way, I want you to know, Christy, like we take this step. Everything goes to shit. Everything, this whole plan that I just built out, everything is pointless. The moment that you stop showing up for yourself, right? So Mm -hmm. do we have like a verbal agreement, a verbal handshake here that you're going to put in the work because I can give everything to you, but nothing, and I'm telling you nothing will happen until you implement because I'm not Mm -hmm. going to do it for you. Yeah. We've added so many moments in our sales conversations from like a B2B standpoint where now our clients are coming in and they're crushing it, right? Mm -hmm. But we weren't doing it quite as much, uh, you know, a a little while ago and we, we did have a few clients that kind of came in and they're, you know, just kind of sitting on their hands. They're like, where's my money? Like, right. Wait a minute. I paid you money. Where's my money? Exactly. So mm-hmm. this coaching is no different though. If you sell them this, this super easy method, you're going to find that they, they sit on their hands more often than not.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it, and it's, in, in business, as you're building your business, that is, true at every level from mm-hmm. the very first beginning of like getting your first couple of clients to all the way up when you're trying to scale like this is this is hard work
0: oh yeah yeah a lot of coaches won't say that mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. S- scale to a million dollars a month grow the biggest team in the world make a tons of money live on the beach and work three hours a week they'll yeah. see all these crazy dreams and I, i'm not a fan I'm not a fan because then they come to us afterwards and they're like, didn't work. I'm like, yeah, no shit.
1: Yeah. And it's also a little bit of like the chase game of, mm-hmm. okay, well I'm now I'm in the online space. Like I need to scale to, you know, $10,000 a month. Well, do you like, really? Like, let's take a look at that. Do you, what is it that you got in this to do? So let's work in reverse. Mm-hmm. And if what you got in this to do is to deliver results to people with a certain, coaching program and to have something like financial freedom, time freedom. Let's define what those are. Mm
0: -hmm. Financial
1: freedom, time freedom, very specifically. And let's solve for that. Mm -hmm. Because maybe it's a $10,000 a month business. Maybe it's more than that. Maybe it's less than that. But Mm -hmm. you don't have any idea. We're just chasing this thing because all of these people out there say that you're supposed to. And then once they get there, they're like, well, now it's time to scale. I'm supposed to hire five coaches and scale this business so that Mm -hmm. I can have 100, 200, 300 clients. And I'm like, do you? Is that really what you want? Do you want to have a team of 10? Do you know what that's like? Because I do.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe
1: that's not the business that you actually want. Mm-hmm. Or is it the is it the impact scale? Because maybe that does allow you to touch more people, but does it make you more profit? You don't know because you haven't done the numbers. And right. so it's they this space, right? Like you might be serving 400 clients and still taking home $1,000 a month, right? I've because your it. expenses are so high.
0: I've seen it. I've seen it over Mm -hmm. and over where coaches will, I mean, they have these large rosters, they have the ACs, they have the assistants and the marketing and the ads and they have the full team. And from the outset, it's like, wow, they crush it. And then you see them go under and you're like, what the hell? What happened? Right. And usually Mm -hmm. they're saying something like, I just didn't want to run a business anymore. It's like, well, is that why? Mm -hmm. You know, it just makes you kind of question it. And I've seen the back end of so many businesses. There's a sweet spot. Okay. I heard a podcast the other day from a, from a good buddy who's also in the business coaching space. I don't think it was a slight towards me, but I'm going to, um, we're going to talk about it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because we preach the sustainable growth model, what the sustainable growth model stands for. I think people get it misconstrued. A lot of people, not a lot, but a few people have asked, well, I want to scale a business. I do want to make a lot of money. And it sounds like I wouldn't do that on your model. Not the case. (laughs) We have coaches making you know, uh, anywhere from two to six, $700,000 a year, top line revenue, but their bottom line is a lot closer to that top line than it would be if they didn't scale with intention, right. With, with the systems that we have. But what I see so often and, and what, uh, what, uh, this gentleman said on the podcast was basically like, well, would you rather have a big piece of a small pie and have high profit margins? or have a small piece of a big pie, have a multimillion dollar company with tons of coaches. And the person on his podcast was like, I want the small pie, millions of dollars. And it's like, well, let's break that down. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people think that just by making seven figures that you're rich, not the case, not the case at all. Right. I, I tell so many people this, we made less top line this year than we did last year, but I'm taking home over a hundred thousand dollars more this year. That's not a flex, Christy. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's me just I- like, Telling, taking over one hundred thousand dollars more this year than I did last year, and we made significantly less last year or significantly more. Mm-hmm. The model makes you more profitable, and I don't have to flex the top line.
1: And what if instead of a hundred thousand dollars more, you were like, "I have every Tuesday, Thursday to go do whatever I want." That's what Imagine. I did this year. and I took home enough that I had the financial freedom that I want. But I, I got myself time this year,
0: exactly it's and my coaching was improved.
1: Mm-hmm, right. I gave
0: back to my clients. They're getting better results. My ACs are happy. My my team is happy. They're making money. I'm making money. Like the impact isn't as wide, but it's it's more of an impact, right?
1: Yeah. And listen, I've learned, I mean, I'm still learning all of this, but I've made the mistakes of scaling things fast, thinking mm-hmm. that that was the the ultimate. I have hired too quickly and mm-hmm. inflated a team. I have inflated my expenses and yeah. overspent and seen the consequences of that. And I'll say the one thing that's kind of allowed me to stay in the game mm-hmm. is the what we can return to in the beginning. Although I have learned because I don't have a business degree. I've never had a business. There's not an entrepreneur who taught me how any I've learned a lot of this the hard way. And again, through mm-hmm. some good mentors probably saved me some time, but we're For all sure. learning. I think that my commitment to delivering results mm-hmm. and to people has allowed me to stay in the game despite, mm-hmm. you know, some some wrong turns mm-hmm. and also just not quitting.
0: That's a helpful message.
1: <laughs> because you could also just quit Good. and I'm not. And so I think that commitment to what I set out to do will continue to allow me to learn and iterate. And, you know, business wise, there are positives to having those different things, time, freedom, money, freedom, a team and impact. But nobody can decide what it is for you. You mm-hmm. have to figure out what you want. Yeah and then solve for that.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And anything beyond that is just, that's great. Like, and and you can, you can choose by the year. Like this is, this is a year where Brooke and I have decided, Hey, we're going to go really hard this year. Right. One, because I'm confident in the program and I spent the last year rebuilding and making it as good as we possibly can. But two, now we have a scalable model. We've changed some things on the back end. I'm like, Hey, let's go hard this year. And you're you're allowed mm-hmm. to choose. Let's mm-hmm. say Christy, you want to buy a house or a new car, or you have this this dream thing, this dream trip in Europe that you want to do something, right? Mm-hmm. You can go harder and scale out, so long as like and have that as your goal, so long as your uh, delivery doesn't dip, right? Mm-hmm. I have I have yeah. no issues with that. So, you know, the big piece, the small piece of whatever size pie, I think there's a balance, right? Mm-hmm. If we go back to nutrition, I'm sure there's a reference there that we could have. Yeah. Where, like there there's a balance where your profit is good and your stress is moderate and you're working enough hours to where you can still enjoy some things in your life. Um, but scaling just a scale. I've I've seen it, I've done it, it sucks.
1: Mhm. Yeah, and and again just the reality check of there's a certain amount of take some inspiration from the others in the space and then put mm-hmm. some blinders on and learn from somebody who's actually done what you want to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point there. Cause there's a lot of people <laughs> getting into the coaching space that haven't actually done it. So ooh, ooh. Christy, yeah. this was, this was fun. I had a blast. Yeah. Uh, thanks for yeah. pick your brain. Appreciate of all course. the insight there. Where can people find you?
1: Um. So, best way would be on instagram at christy may campbell
0: okay. and
1: so that's going to be the the easiest way to connect with me i do have a podcast called fit me coffee talk Beautiful. um it's short form 10 to 15 minute episodes that i do by myself typically and mm-hmm. um it's usually really helpful stuff so even if it's not like something that you're going to use maybe you can use it with your clients if you're absolutely. a fitness coach um and then um can i explain a little bit about coaching business absolutely.
0: manager absolutely so, you can
1: so about a year ago i um i've I was probably on like nine different platforms maybe mm-hmm. a year and a half ago. I was on Kajabi. I had Typeform. I had um, ActiveCampaign. I had everything, Google Sheets, mm-hmm. all of this stuff. I was piecemealing it all together with Zapier. And a good friend of mine introduced me to a software that basically combined it all into one. Sure. And so he'd been using it for a while. We started using it together. And we realized, okay, software's cool. Great. you can go out there and find some all-in-one softwares. Awesome. Mm -hmm. But what we really realized is that we could provide a service to coaches who were trying to build their online business and didn't have the tools, but ultimately didn't know how to do you know what we've spent years learning and Mm -hmm. so we put together a service called coaching biz manager Mm -hmm. and yes we do give you the software so you can email you can build your courses you can do all of your sales pipelines all that cool stuff but really what we do is we help you um i mean truly it's the application like i said you can have all the tools just like the ones i was talking about before Mm -hmm. go figure it out but it's how you use them that actually matter and so we're really focused on the basics to be honest we help you build out you know you're starting to send regular emails building That email nurture, understanding your client journey from the start to finish. And so that you have something low ticket that you can offer and a page that represents you and your brand for them to opt in on. And then you can, you know, do good nurture that leads them to a sales call, you know, Mm -hmm. where they can use your push pull, you know, method or learn from you and how to do this. And so ultimately we're helping coaches build the foundation. And so these aren't, like crazy, you know, complicated strategies. These are the basics that you can Mm -hmm. take and run with and do whatever you want. And so this coaching service is, it's, it's not a coaching service. It's, it's software, Mm -hmm. but you're going to learn from two people who have done what you want to do and are Mm going to help you do it. And ultimately that's what coaching biz manager is. And so, um, if you're, interested in it you can go to coachingbizmanager.com. we do one-on-one onboardings and so in that onboarding process if you say you heard us on this podcast then um, we'll give you a 30 days complimentary so you can try it out get the, the get the service see if you if it's a good fit if it's not cool take what you learn and run with it if it is mm-hmm. stick around it's 197 a month it's yeah. so much less than I spent on all of the nonsense in the past
0: so. I, can, I can relate to that you hear that guys I got you guys 30 days for free I got you guys the hookup so mention the fsa podcast if that's where you came from christy this was an absolute blast i'm going to finish with one question okay yeah if you could work out with one celebrity and get one savage leg day bicep whatever it is whatever your your lift of choice is with one celebrity who is it
1: i know this sounds so dumb but it would definitely be the rock
0: <laughs> yeah damn it that was mine
1: <laughs> really i don't know why because he just seems so friendly and yeah. also i mean obviously a gangster in the gym so yeah. i would totally Large want to work human. out with him
0: I know. I just want him to to just call me out. That's what I need. It's like yeah, if he sees me just kinda of like lollygag and just call me a pussy and you know, get me back on it, right?
1: Yes, he's like the perfect balance of like you know it's gonna be fun, but you're also gonna get your ass kicked. Like yeah, that's that's, that's why I don't wanna work out. I with. need
0: that. Yep, exactly. Love that. Christy, yep. this was a pleasure and I hope you have a wonderful day. You too. Take care.
1: All right.